Hey, Podcast Wonderland, Bible Geek coming at you live from his car cast. And we are driving on I-64 East, Louisville area. And so I will keep my hands on the wheel, and I'll keep my voice moving so you can hear what I'm saying. Uh, anyway, some things came to mind as I'm driving home, and I want to say the title of this one is, I'm going to say three, maybe four uh, evidences that a person truly is a Christian. Three or four evidences that a person truly is a Christian. I was thinking of different things, and this is a topic that a lot of people overlook. Because if someone claims to be something or someone, typically you take them at face value. You know, I'm I'm a Christian. Okay, fair enough. You know, I mean, there, what is there to back that up? What is is there anything there to measure that? You you know, if I were to come at you and say, yeah, I'm I'm a doctor. Okay, fine. You know, I mean, how, how do you measure that? How, how can I quantify? that I truly am a doctor. Yeah, I'm a mechanic. Okay, great. How do you prove that? You know, bring me a car, and I'll show you that I can fix it. But if you bring me a car and I can't fix it, that's not much of a mechanic. I could claim to be a mechanic so I'm blue in the face, but that doesn't make me a mechanic. Or bring someone over that is sick, you know, supposed to be a specialist in the area of uh, ENT, ear, nose, and throat. And I don't have the first clue of how to resolve that issue. Not much of a doctor. And if you claim to be a Christian, and you don't even know what John 3.16 is, I don't know how much of a Christian you really are. I mean, it's a basic Bible scripture. Unless, of course, you're, you're new to the faith, then you wouldn't know much. But that's not one of the evidences. So let's let's talk about this for a minute. Let's talk about it. So the Bible says that you'll know that a person is a Christian. You'll know them by their love for one another. That says it in the, in the I believe it's the Gospel of John. And if I'm wrong, feel free to leave me a message at my uh, at my page. Um, and I'd be glad, it's the Anchor page, my, my hosting site, leave a message and I'd be glad to play it live. Uh, but anyways, you'll know them by their love for one another. There's a camaraderie when it comes to being a Christian, being a born-again Christian, having a born-again experience. And when you meet other born-again Christians, there's this automatic kinship, this camaraderie. I remember when my dog... Her name is Sandy. She passed away. And when she would meet other golden retrievers, they would do the dog sniff thing where they sniff each other's rear. And when she recognized other golden retrievers, she got real excited. As if this is, hey, this is one of me. This is a part of my family. And she would meet other dogs and not get as excited. But when she met another retriever, man, she got real excited. I thought, well, that's interesting. I think there's a certain center, certain thing that they recognize. And as born-again Christian, it's a certain thing that you recognize in other born-again Christian. I believe it's the, the love of God that's shed abroad in the 
shed abroad in their heart for Scripture. It's it's the Holy Spirit bearing witness in that other brother or, or sister in Christ. You just know that you know that you know that they've been with the King. You can tell. They've got the Holy Ghost glow. And so you can tell when other people uh, are Christians that they truly love God is when they love the brethren. Now, I would highly suggest that if you're a born-again Christian, that you be guarded on anyone that calls themselves a brother. And it goes in different extremes. you got uh, people that believe in once saved, always saved, and I call it sloppy agape. They think that anything goes. I made a profession of faith, therefore I can keep on sinning and doing whatever I want to, and I'm a Christian. And so when you are sharing your faith in a public square, you're out there preaching the gospel or doing a one-on-one and handing out gospel tracts, and someone comes up and says, hey, I'm a Christian. Uh, the first reaction that you should have is, is uh, well, I don't judge them. At first, I'm going to say, well, praise the Lord. How did you get saved? And then they'll come back and say, well, I, I went to church or I was baptized when I was a kid. Or I go to St. Saint, Saint Matthew's Catholic Church. Or they'll say something else. You know, I, uh, I was baptized as a child. I take communion every Sunday, et cetera, et cetera. They'll come up with some crazy thing. And I'm like, well, that's, that's not a testimony. You know, you're, you're giving me a religion. And when true born-again experience is, is being a new person in Christ Jesus, or maybe you're talking to that person and they begin to light up a cigarette and start dropping all kinds of four-letter uh, expletives, and you're like, wow, that's, that's some bad fruit right there. And that's, my, that's one of my next points, by the way. But you need to be, as a Christian, if someone says that they're, says that they're a Christian, that doesn't make them a Christian just because you say it. You know, and just because you go to McDonald's, that doesn't make you a Big Mac any more than, than going to church makes you a Christian. I did that backwards. Going to church, <laughs> going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than going to McDonald's makes you a Big Mac. There you go. Maybe I can edit that later. I don't know. But, so it's your love for one another. Now, I would even say it's your love for the the sinner as well, those that, that don't know Christ. It's that love in general. It's when the Holy Spirit lives in you. And the Bible says that God is love. So when you have love dwelling in you, you've got Jesus dwelling in you. So that's, the, that's one of the first ones. This isn't in any, any particular order. So you know that someone's a Christian by their love for, for each other. Two, Jesus said that by their fruits you'll know them. Now in context, I believe this is in Matthew 7. I'm driving, so I'm not looking at my Bible. Uh, don't, don't crucify me if I'm wrong here, but it, Google it. Jesus said you'll know them by their fruits. And in context, this is talking about the Pharisees. And this is a principle that's good not only just for Pharisees, but for anybody. But in context, he was talking to the Pharisees, but you'll know anyone is a Christian by the fruits that are in their life. 
and I alluded to some of this earlier, that you, you can tell, this is my first statement, that the doctor is truly a doctor because they know what they're doing. The, the fruits in their life show that they're a doctor. Or maybe you're, you're dealing with a, a plumber, a mechanic. Oh, here's a good one. An, an airplane pilot, right? Let's say I go and, and go hop in a cockpit of a plane. And uh, I say, you know what? I think I'm a pilot today. I identify as a pilot. So I go in there and I monkey around with the switches and the buttons and I manage to start up the plane. And I, I understand how to run a steering wheel and I see the flaps going up and down. And So I, I crank that bad boy up and I'm going down the runway. And I get it up to 100 miles an hour. And I, I might, maybe, just maybe, I can get it off the ground doesn't make me a pilot, does it? It really doesn't. Because I have no idea what I'm doing. And so if you can identify with that, maybe you've done things in your life that you that you faked it until you made it, right? Does it, it doesn't make it so. So if, if I were to go, and I could do some carpentry work, but that doesn't make me a carpenter. You know, I don't know how to build a house. I know it has something to do with wood and nails. And I could probably figure it out if I YouTube it. I'm fairly mechanical, but it doesn't make me a carpenter. And a person who decides, you know what, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna start reading my Bible. And that doesn't save you. I think I'm gonna start going to church. I remember of a church back about ten years ago, maybe more, in uh, the Cincinnati area. I was preaching there and I was they were they were wanting to see if they if they wanted me to be their pastor. That's another story altogether. But I was preaching, and after the service, my wife was was meeting people, and and she said, "So how how did you two come to the Lord? How, how did you learn? How did you come to know Jesus?" And their answer, both of them, husband and wife, they both said, "Well, we started attending this church, blah 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 blah," and my wife and her astute questioning, and she really, she probably ought to be an investigator, but uh, in her astute investigation, she asked them uh, more questions to solicit some sort of responses, and the responses that she got seemed to indicate, point to the fact that they truly were Christians, because they never did tell her a testimony of a born-again experience in their life. Where God changed their life, God changed their heart. They used to love sin, and now they hate sin. Nothing like that. It's just church, folks. Going to church doesn't save you. It doesn't save you. And so, going further in this in this thought, as far as the fruits in your life, what kind of fruits are in your life? You know how you can tell. You can tell how strong a chain is by by uh, putting pressure to it, by trying to stretch that chain. And the link that breaks was the, le- was the weakest link. And so when stress and pressure happens in your life, what happens? What kind of reaction do you have? Where, what's the breaking point? You know, if you get all stressed out and begin cursing, well, that's because you got wickedness in your heart. you got sin in your heart. You're still using all kinds of foul language. 
Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The reason why you speak the, the, that, uh, those cursings and bad words out of your mouth is because that's what's in your heart. And I can translate that into Americanese, is that you've got a, a, a gutter for a mouth. No, I'm sorry, you've got a potty for a mouth because you've got a sewer for a heart. That's exactly what the problem is, is your heart is filled with all kinds of sewer water, vileness, sin. Now, if, if you're a new Christian struggling in this area, I'm not here to, to beat you down, and you're really trying to overcome this area. I get it. When I was first saved, man, it was rough. I used to use F-bombs between every syllable, and the Lord changed my heart first and foremost, and uh, I strove through the Spirit. Now, the first thing the Holy Spirit will do for you is it will change your desires. It will change your heart. So I strove, strived to overcome. And through the power of the Lord, I did overcome. So uh, you'll know them by their fruit. What's another thing? How about being angry? Having anger in your heart all the time. Bitterness. How about being bitterness and not forgiving? If you're an unforgiving person, this is a rough word for somebody here. I know it's hard because people can just do you wrong. I mean, flat out, totally ruin your life, whether they rape you, molest you, molest your kids, or whether they they shoot you, they try to murder you, they murder your wife, murder your husband. You know, it's horrible. But if you have... If you are harboring unforgiveness in your heart, Jesus said, if you can't forgive the people that you see, how can I forgive you? He said, leave your gift at the altar and go and and, and talk to this person who offended you and forgive them. Now, I'm paraphrasing. But you you look it up. Don't trust my word at all. You look in the word of God. I'm telling you the truth here, folks. So if you're harboring unforgiveness... Folks, that's a fruit that you're not even saved. And you can tell me all you want to. That Oh, I'm saved. I did this. I did that. What are you doing now? Are you saved today? Are you serving him today? Or are you harboring bitterness and unforgiveness in your heart? Do you know who should harbor that in their heart? God. Jesus. Jesus did. and Or he should. He doesn't, but he should. And on judgment day, you're going to have to pay for that. And according to Scripture, if, if you don't forgive, that He won't forgive you. And, and that, my friend, is a scary thing. Three. Okay, so I do have three points today. How can you tell if someone truly is or is not a Christian? So first of all, we talked about... Uh, what, what did I talk about? Maybe you can tell me. All right, second of all, we talked about the fruit in their life. Oh, first of all, was their love for one another and for sinners. Two was the fruit that is that is in their life or not in their life. And three, I would say it's their hatred for sin, their hatred for the world, their hatred. And, and we should be hateful. Whoever said hating is wrong? We need to hate what God hates. And, and uh, I believe it's uh, Psalms. 
It says, These six things does the Lord hate. A seven are an abomination to the Lord. Seven are an abomination. Abomination is he hates a lot, man. He, he, it's, he just detests it. A seizing detesting of it. And the first thing he puts in there are hands that shed innocent blood. Friends, do you hate abortion? Do you hate it? Because if you don't, and you think it's okay, friends, you're not a Christian. Another question for you. Do you think, or do you love homosexuality? Because if you don't, then you don't hate the things that God hates. Because God did not create them that way. You look at the Word of God. He created them male and female. From the beginning, He created them that way. It's unnatural to have sexual relations with the same sex. Do you think that having sex outside of marriage is okay? You just look the other way and say, ah, it's okay. You're not hating what God hates. According to the New Testament, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9, it says that the uh, adulterer will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do you hate alcohol and drunkenness? You should. You absolutely should. The Bible says that wine is a mocker and strong drink is raging and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. The priests couldn't, couldn't even drink that stuff. And you know, according to the New Testament, we're priests and kings in Christ. And as far as hating what God hates, do you always flirt with the line? Are you trying to get as close to the line as possible? What line am I talking about? I'm talking about the line of sin. You want to get as close to it as possible. And you, you, you argue and say, ah, having a cigar is okay. Smoking a hookah is okay. Drinking a drink is okay. And one can make an argument that none of that is considered sin. I would argue that you're flirting with the line. That's what I would argue. I would argue that does any of the, do any of those things help your body? Or do those things destroy your body? Because the Bible says in the New Testament, I think it's in Corinthians, if you destroy your body, he'll destroy you. And you say, well, come on, Don. One drink, two drinks, two beers won't hurt. Okay, so a couple points on that. The Bible says in the New Testament to be sober-minded. This is the Apostle Paul teaching this. Be sober-minded. How many drinks does it take for you to be more sober-minded? Does having a drink help you and aid in that process of becoming sober-minded? Nope. It does not. It does not. So the correct answer here is zero drinks is what you should have. I know for a fact that in... Uh, Motorcycle classes, which motorcycling is dangerous, they teach you that you should not have any drink at all, not even one beer. You know why? It inhibits your judgment. Just one drink inhibits, impairs your judgment. Folks, even the sinners know better. They do. Nature itself tells you that it's wrong, that smoking's wrong, it makes you cough, 
It's unnatural. Drinking's wrong. If you drink too much, you get a headache. You puke everywhere. So, folks, those are my three points on how you can tell someone truly is a Christian or not. I hope and pray that this bless someone. If there's a place on your on your uh, uh, player to like this, please do so and listen for further messages. And if this blesses you and you feel led to support this ministry, by all means, please do so. We'd love to do this full time. God bless you. Take care.